about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew chapter 28 tonight. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for continuing to open our eyes to the authority and the power that you placed on the inside of each and every one of us. We do not want to be just Christians. We want to be kingdom people. We want to operate in your glory and your power, and we want to fulfill the destiny that you called us and made us here to be and to do. We thank you tonight for further revelation in your word that we may live free and free others in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said? All right, Matthew chapter 28 tonight, we are going to look at verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them and said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them and said, all power, that word actually there is authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Within the earth today, there's basically, even in the natural realm, there's authority figures, people with authority. These authority figures basically hold jurisdiction or rulership over certain areas of influence in their life. The police officer, the judge, the captain of a ship, Your boss all work in a realm of authority here in the natural realm. Many in the authority positions carry a symbol of their authority. A policeman carries a badge. He may wear a uniform signifying that he has authority in that area. The badge or the uniform is a representation of the power and the position that that person holds. In the same way spiritually, Jesus Christ has granted you authority. God has called every saint to have dominion over all the works of the adversary. You have authority in the natural realm, but also in the spirit realm. Each one of us has been given a realm of authority, a position, and an influence in the spirit world. Just as a police officer has been given a precinct to watch over, the saint has been given a realm of jurisdiction. The believer has been given jurisdiction over this planet, which is called Earth. All right, go to Genesis chapter 1. Here we see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God giving authority and dominion to mankind. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let him have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Notice, let them have dominion over the earth. He gave man his jurisdiction. That area is over the earth, not in heaven. We have been given the right... We have been given the power and the authority to administer justice here in the earth realm. We have been equipped to enforce God's word and God's will here on the earth. Your authority basically is to enforce God's word and his will here on the earth. Now the word authority according to the dictionary is the right to command. It is the right to enforce. It is the right to enforce obedience. And it is the power to punish any violators. The dictionary says authority is the right to command the right to enforce obedience, and the power to punish any violators. 
What gives the police officer the right to command? It is his position, his office, the badge that he wears, the uniform that he wears. The badge tells everyone that he or she is authorized to command justice in a given jurisdiction. The jurisdiction may be a city, it may be a town, it may be a county, it may be an area. Now once they step outside their realm of influence, their authority ceases to function. In other words, if you were a police officer in Port St. Lucie and you went to New York, your authority would no longer work up there because you stepped outside the jurisdiction that you have, which is in St. Lucie County. The captain of a ship has authority as long as he is on the ship. Once he gets off the ship and he jumps on the airline, how many you know he no longer possesses authority on that airline? The pilot is then in authority. They have authority and jurisdiction only when they are in their realm of influence, their realm of jurisdiction. As believers and born-again believers, we have a realm of influence, which is the earth. But only if we remain in the area of jurisdiction, and our area of jurisdiction is agreement with God's word. This authority is not to command your will, it's not to enforce your will, it's to enforce God's will and bring people into obedience and situations into the obedience of God's will. Your authority will only work while you are in agreement with your jurisdiction, which is the Word of God. That's why we've been teaching the first three weeks on the Word of God. It is your basis for authority, it's your basis for power, because authority and power basically go together. All right, go to Luke chapter 9. All right, Luke chapter 9, look at verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over how many devils? All devils and to cure diseases. Then he called his 12 disciples together. Notice here he gave them power, and he gave them authority over all devils and to cure all diseases. Here it talks about not only authority, but it also talks about power. The badge or the uniform gives the policeman a right to command the gun that he carries enforces the power to back it up. He has a uniform and a badge, but he also carries a gun. If there was nothing behind the badge or the uniform, some people would resist the authority that it represents. If the law had no power to enforce it, the criminal would violate it without the fear of penalty. And we're seeing some of that in the world right now, aren't we? We're seeing police officers told to stand down and not enforce the authority they have, and we see criminals running away with everything. If the law has no power behind to enforce it, then criminals would continue to do what they're doing. Now, good citizens is not a problem. If everybody was a law-abiding citizen, you wouldn't need power behind the authority. When the authority told you to do something, you would simply do it. When it said stop, you would stop. When it says go here, you would go here. But that's not the way it is now, so there must be power behind that. The kingdom of darkness in the spiritual realm is a lawless kingdom. As a believer, you have been given a realm of authority in your life. If your call and position did not have any power behind it, the renegade forces of darkness would challenge it without fear of any kind of consequences. So Jesus did not only give the disciples the right to command, but he gave them the power to enforce the command that they were giving. The right to command and the power to enforce God's will on the earth to keep kingdom order. You are here with authority and power to keep things and circumstances in line with God's will. Now, how are you going to know what God's will is? You're going to have to probably read his will to understand what his will is. Is his will healing? 
then you have the power and authority to enforce healing in your life and other people's lives because of your jurisdiction and because of the power you have on the inside of you. You have a right to peace. You have a right to joy. You have a right to victory. But you are the one who is going to have to enforce that right in your life with your authority and your power. He has given us the right to enforce His word and command obedience. The enemy will come to try to steal your health, try to steal your peace, try to steal your joy, try to steal your money, but there is power behind your authority. Spiritually speaking, your gun should be loaded. The anointing that you have, we were studying a little bit on Sunday mornings, the anointing is the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That is kingdom power. What is it for? To back up the authority that God has already given you. Authority and power go together. In some circumstances of your life, authority is enough. You simply speak the command, speak in line with God's will, and you get results. Other times, it's not enough. You need to have the power behind the authority that's in your life. All right, go to Revelations chapter 1. All right, Revelations chapter 1, look at verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and he has made us kings and priests unto God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. According to this scripture, you have been made a king and you have been made a priest unto God. You're not going to be made a king. You are already a king. As a king, you possess the authority and the power to back up any command that you make in line with God's word. The Bible says your position is you are raised and seated together with him in heavenly places. And that seat is far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. He gave you the right to act, but you can live your whole life without acting. Many people think it's up to God. God is in control. God's going to have to do it. But notice, God did not give himself authority and power in the earth. He gave you authority and power in the earth. You have been given the right to govern, but you can still live your life without governing anything in your life. Some do not know they have this authority in the body of Christ. Some know they have it, but they don't use it or don't know how to use it. Jesus has given you the ability to partake of all that he has promised for you in the word of God. The Bible says you have been made able to be a partaker of his inheritance to you. Now, how many know his inheritance is a big one? So as you study the word of God and you find out what came in my inheritance, well, health came in my inheritance, power came in my inheritance, authority came in my inheritance. You want to partake of those things from the inheritance. You do that with your authority and with the power that God has given you. He has granted you the authority and power to procure health in your life, prosperity in your life, victory in your life, happiness in your life, wisdom and every other divine promise. But how many know there are spiritual outlaws who are going to come and try to talk you out of the things that already belong to you? It takes both the badge and the gun to cash in on your benefits. Your authority must be enforced by you, not God. Your authority must be enforced by you. God's not going to do it. This is a responsibility that only you can exercise.
as you exercise authority more and more and stay with God's word, you'll see more and more God's results in your life. All right, authority basically comes from the word in the Bible called exousia. Exousia means privilege, capacity, and liberty. Exousia means privilege, capacity, and liberty. We have the privilege to see the Word of God manifested in our life. We have the capacity to enforce the Word of God when we're challenged on the Word of God. And He has given us liberty to exercise dominion in every area of our life. Jesus has given you a place of influence in the affairs of life. The use of dominion and authority basically is the why you are put here. What was your purpose? To exercise dominion and authority. To make earth just like heaven. Anything on earth that's not in line with heaven, you have the authority and power to change back into the realm and into the will of heaven itself. As a believer with authority, you are called to bring the affairs of life into agreement with the Word of God. So anything in your Word of God that is that comes in your life against the Word of God, you use your authority to change it. You do not agree with it. You do not tell all your friends the problems you're having. You take your authority and you use it in a situation. And then you let the power behind that word do what it needs to do. All right, go to Matthew chapter 18. You're going to have to, if you're going to operate in power and authority, you're going to have to look beyond what's going on in the natural at the moment and see what God has said. Everything you go through is temporary. It's not eternal. It's temporary. Any problem that comes is temporary. Any little situation that comes is temporary. You have to understand it's temporary, but many times you decide how temporary it is. If you agree with it, it becomes a long-lasting temporary problem. If you use your authority, it can be very quickly dealt with. All right, Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 19. Jesus said, Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask or demand, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is where? In heaven. Here it says your authority operates, and a lot of times we read this and we get two people together and they hold hands and that's fine, but notice your authority also operates in complete agreement with the Word of God. You are on the earth and so is the Word of God. When two of you agree, that could be you and the Word of God. When you step outside the Word of God and disagree with your authority, your authority will cease to operate in your life. You have to stay in line with the Word of God. When you step outside the Word of God and disagree, your authority and power will cease to operate. You cannot walk around all week long talking about how sick you are, how bad you feel, how terrible things are, then get in church on Sunday and get excited and say, by His stripes I've been healed. It's basically a progressive thing that builds your authority up as you stay under the Word of God, speak the Word of God. How many know a police officer that beats up a person without cause will be prosecuted? Why is that? Because he misused his authority. In the same way, the Christian that violates the Word of God or steps outside the authority of the Word of God will end up in bondage before it's over with. It is the enemy who takes advantage of disobedience against the Word of God. Now, it's interesting we talk about God needing agreement to do something, but I'll tell you right now, Satan needs agreement to do something. And it's your agreement that makes the difference in your life. You can't say, well, the devil got a hold of me here. Well, you had to help him get a hold of you here because it took agreement in order to do something in the earth. He has no power down here at all unless we give it to him, and God really doesn't have any influence or power unless we give it to him. Our agreement is the key to our authority and to our power. That's why you cannot continually walk in your feelings. 
cannot continually walk in your emotions. You cannot continually walk in your situations and circumstances because you're giving the enemy power in those areas. God has given you the final say. Your results in life are determined by your obedience to the Word of God and obeying the laws of God. Your daily decisions will determine your level of victory and growth in God. You can go to 30-fold, you can go to 60-fold, or you can go to 100-fold. All right, go to Luke chapter 10. All right, Luke chapter 10, look at verse 19. Jesus says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means do what? Hurt you. Here Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. The first word power is the word exousia or authority. It's right, again, it's liberty, it's ability, it's influence. It's the privilege to do what God has basically called you to do in your life. The other word basically for authority is the word power. Power comes from the word dunamis. Dunamis means miracle working power of God. Dunamis means the kind of power that God has and God exerts. So authority comes from the word exousia, the right to command, the right to demand obedience. And the power basically is the miracle working power of God, the kind of power that God gives and exerts. Authority basically, if you want to break it down, is the badge in the uniform. The power of the dunamis is the gun. Exousius is the office. It is the position. It is where you're seated. Dunamis is the power that backs up the office or position. You have been raised and seated, and you are anointed with the power of God. When an ambassador is sent from one nation to another nation to conduct business, they have power and authority to do whatever the interests of that nation are in that other nation. That's what they're sent there for. Although it's one person, he represents the entire country that he comes from. You are representing the entire government and country of heaven itself as an ambassador here on earth. You have power and you have authority. If you come under attack, basically you have the whole government behind you to make sure nothing happens to you, so all of heaven is behind you. He says, basically, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Your delegated authority will work if you release it. Your power will back it up if you declare it. Heaven is backing up whatever mission you're on to line up this earth with the kingdom of God. When you face the enemy, don't allow him to lie to you. God has given you the badge. He has given you the power to back it up. First thing you'll find out, the devil tells you you have no authority. If you believe you have authority, he'll say you don't have any power to back up the authority. You've got to be understanding that you were given this the day that you enter the kingdom of God. No matter who you are, how old you are in the Lord, the very day that I got born again, I immediately had authority and power. I didn't have to go to church 40 years to get it. I didn't have to send her teaching forever. All that did was teach me what I had and how to use what I had effectively in my life. So every born-again Christian from day one has authority and they have power in their life. It is part of the salvation that you got when you got born again. You've got it today. You may have never used it. It doesn't matter. You've got it today. You may have been Christian for 20 years. You could have used it for 20 years, but you haven't used it for 20 years because you didn't know that you had it. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 2. 
I found early in, in my days when I got born again that basically lack of information was almost a blessing to me. Because when I got born again, basically, and I got in the Word of God and it said, lay hands on the sick, they'll recover, I didn't think, well, you know, do I have to do it a certain time of day? Do I have to put my hand on their head or their knee or their hind end? Do I have to speak certain words? I just simply obeyed what the Word told me to be naively, and it worked about every single time. Then I got with some people who were more spiritual than I was, and they started explaining to me a hundred different ways that you should do it, and a hundred different ways that it should be done, and you're not doing this right, and you're not doing that right. Before it was over with, when I laid hands on people, I wasn't expecting to get healed anymore. I was just wondering if I was doing the right thing. Was I putting my hand in the right place? Should it be a short go, or should it be, oh, Lord? It also did was more to confuse me. So God said, just go back to basics. I told you to lay hands on the sick. Do it. And if the Spirit of God wants to do something else, do it. If he doesn't, just do what it tells you to do. And I found out it came back to where I started getting evidence once again of the power and the authority of God. Don't overthink this stuff. Just obey the Word of God. It says you have authority, then bless God, I got it. How much you got? I don't know, but I got it. When do you get it? I've already had it. Hallelujah. How do you know you got it? It said so, so I got it. Praise God. Well, it also says you have power. How do you know you got power? It says I got power. You got a goosebump today? Not today. I ain't got no goosebump, but I got power. Why? Because it says you got power, basically. Hallelujah. So simplify it. Hebrews chapter 2, look at verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken of by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles. How many know that's power? And gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Notice here it says, not that we're not, re not, not receiving the salvation and going to hell. It's asking people who already received it why they're neglecting the great salvation that they already have. If Jesus has delegated us right and privilege and authority and ability and influence to the believer, then it would be a shame to go your whole life without using it. What if a king acted like a pauper because the king didn't know any better? What if a millionaire lived his whole life broke on peanut butter and jelly simply because he didn't know he was a millionaire? What if an heir lived without their inheritance because the heir didn't know they had anything? Well, what if a saint lived sick because they didn't know divine healing was available? In worry because they didn't know peace was available? With no power because they didn't know power was available? Because no authority because they didn't know authority was available? Authority will only operate when you know who you are and what you have been given. In other words, you will learn about your salvation. In Timothy, it says you can become wise unto your salvation. Well, if you can become wise unto your salvation, then you could also be stupid when it comes to your salvation. Well, being stupid to your salvation means that you're not going to partake of your inheritance that God already says that you have in your life. The Bible says we have the ability to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So God's not trying to give you the inheritance. It already belongs to you, but you're learning through revelation of what to do. Your authority will only operate when you know who you are and what you have been given in your life. Authority will only work if you understand and exercise it in agreement with God's Word. God has given you a delegated ability to enforce His will right here on the earth. It is your divine right to represent Him and to overcome in this earth on His behalf. 
Basically, the gospel of the church right now has stopped with the gospel of salvation. You get born again and you go to heaven. But notice what he says, you better not neglect so great of salvation that I gave you. That means there's more than just going to heaven. All right, go to Luke chapter 4. You know, Sunday we talked about the Holy Ghost and Ted talked about speaking in tongues. Tongues is part of your inheritance. But do we neglect so great of our salvation? I mean, we haven't prayed about it for a year because nobody preached on it. Ted got up, now we're ready to go again. Well, that should be an everyday exercise for you to do because it's part of your salvation. All right, Luke chapter 4, let's start in verse... Oh, let's start in verse 30. But he was passing through the midst of them, and he went his way. And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and with power he commanded the unclean spirits. And what happened? They came out. Hallelujah. So here the word power basically once again is the word exousia or authority. Jesus' words were with authority and they astonished the religious world the way he preached. His word was never, maybe God will do this. Well, God might if he's having a good day. Well, you never know what God's going to do. His word was, the promises were yes, and they were amen. Jesus meant what he said. His words demanded a response. I mean, you know when a police officer pulls you over and tells you to stop and get out of the car, he's not just suggesting that you stop and get out of the car. He's not just saying, well, if you want to, just stop and get out of the car. No, with his authority, he's telling you to stop, and he means stop and get out of the car. If somebody was to question his demand, then he has something to back it up, which is the gun he has on his waistband. Authority will speak with confidence of results. Authority declares a clear answer from God. Authority says God will heal you. God will bless you. God will prosper and promote you. God will bruise the enemy under your feet. Not God could, God might, maybe he will, maybe he won't. The authority that Jesus preached with carried a visible manifestation. Remember what Paul said? It was in 1 Corinthians. My speech and my preaching are not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the spirit and of power. So basically he was speaking what? An authoritative word. He wasn't going back and forth. You can see that with parents in this day and age. Some of the parents that I run into are young. They're in the store or they're with something and all at once, little Johnny, I'll tell you what, if you do that one more time, I'm going to take you to the bathroom and I'm going to spank you. And two seconds later is, little Johnny, if you do that one more time, I'm going to take you to the bathroom and spank you. Ten minutes later, if you're little Johnny, no. If you say you're going to take little Johnny to the bathroom and you're going to spank little Johnny and little Johnny does it again, little Johnny better get a whooping before it's over with or you're going to lose part of your authority, part of your power, part of your demand. Because little Johnny knows you're not serious. See? Well, it's the same way with the devil. See, if we're not serious about what we're doing, if we're not serious about the Word of God, if we're not serious that we're going to get the end result and do it, then basically it's the same way. Devil, you better not do that anywhere. I hope you don't, but please do your best. 
No, there's got to be an authoritative word there that does it, basically. Look at verse 33. So he's a preaching an authoritative word, and they were astonished, verse 32, they were astonished at his teaching or his doctrine, for his word was with authority. And in a synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of what? An unclean devil. And what did he do? Now, I bet you he did not cry out, hallelujah. He did not cry out, good preaching, brother Jesus. He cried out in torment. He cried out in anger. He cried out in fear. The demons in him had encountered a message of authority that was enforcing them to make a decision. Jesus knew what God had said about the situation. He knew who he was, and he knew what God had called him to do, deliver this man. The greatest fear the devil has is a believer that knows who they are, what they are called to do, and have submitted to the Word of God. The devil's greatest fear is the believer that knows who they are, what they are called to do, and have submitted to the Word of God. All right, look at verse 34. The demon said, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Out there come to destroy us. I know you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirit, and they come out. So Jesus was preaching the word of God with authority, with privilege, with right, with clarity, with jurisdiction. Suddenly a person with an unclean spirit cried out and yelled, Let us alone. Stop preaching. Get away from us. As you start to talk and preach in authority, you are going to either attract people or lose people. Some will want more. Others will never want to hear you speak again. Some get excited. Some get mad. Some say, that's pride, Brother Tom. And before the fall comes pride. Why? Because you're simply claiming what the Word of God says. You stand up in front of a church body and tell them how anointed you are, half the people get mad about it. You tell them that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. You tell them you have authority. Everybody wants to get upset about it. But it's not my fault I'm that way. He made me that way, and I'm just taking advantage of what He gave me, basically. So word of authority is like Jesus came to bring a sword. That word of authority causes a sword to take place, and it will rile up the devil. Now, how many know this was probably not the first time this guy went to the synagogue? He was probably there all the time, but they were saying, well, God might want to get you delivered, and he might not. It's up to God. We never know what God's going to do. And that devil didn't have any problem. But when a word of authority came forth and said, you need to be free, notice he said, leave me alone. We don't want to have anything to do with you. And here it says, Jesus said, hold thy peace and come out. The actual translation says, Jesus says, shut up. Muzzle up, shut up. Authority in your life when the devil attacks will always tell the devil to shut up. If Jesus rebuked the devil in his ministry, how many of you think you might have to rebuke the devil in your life now and then? There are certain things that you have to speak to and rebuke with the words of your mouth and your authority. Before you can rebuke with authority, you have to walk and talk with authority in your daily life. Authority and power are a way of life. It's not a Sunday, churchy, Wednesday thing. It's a day of life. You must talk your authority and talk in line with the Word of God all week long. You must live in agreement with God's Word. When you operate on the delegated authority that Jesus gave you, the anointing on your authority will cause the opposition to surface. The power behind your words will force a manifestation and demand deliverance. Have you ever come to church feeling down and left up? Have you ever come to church feeling a little bit sick and left healed? 
Why is that? Because the word of a God of authority came and it drove whatever was in your life with the power behind it out of your life. You came depressed and you left. So many people say, I got up in the morning and I didn't really want to come to church. And I was tired. I just didn't think, I, but boy, I'm glad I came because since I came, I sure feel a lot better and I'm doing a lot better. What happened? You were under spiritual attack, didn't even know it, came, heard the word of God preach with the authority behind it and all at once it lifted and got out of your life and you felt a lot better in the situation. What is that? That is authority and that is power that was released in your life. Hallelujah. All right. Let's look. All right. Let's read a little bit more. And Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him. Now notice, Jesus was preaching with authority. The authority made the devil to manifest in his life. But notice what Jesus did then. He used his power behind the authority. In other words, he pulled the trigger. If the guy would have been manifesting and Jesus wouldn't have said anything, he'd have just been manifesting with the devil in him. But Jesus cocked and fired and said, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when he said that, the power of God on the inside of him was released by that authoritative word. Notice, your authority basically is pulling the trigger on your power that's on the inside of you. If you don't pull the trigger on the power that's on the inside of you, you'll be the most powerful person in the world without getting any results. In other words, there's power in you, but it's your declaration that releases that power on the inside of you. That's the trigger that pulls the gun and releases the power in your life. What is that? It's miracle working power on the inside of you. It's there whether you feel it, whether you don't feel it or not. Once you declare something, and sometimes you can feel it. When you make a declaration of the Word of God, once you feel goosebumps on you because you know you release something on the inside of you. Verse 36 says, then with authority and power, in other words, Jesus taught with a clear-cut authoritative word, and it forced a manifestation. But he needed more than just the badge in the uniform. He needed the gun of dunamis power to back it up. The moment he released that word, the devil had to obey. All who were present knew that Jesus spoke with authority and power, and they were amazed. The authority released in your life will speak to the mountain, and power will cause the mountain to move. All right, go back to Luke chapter 10 where we were earlier. The greatest example I've ever saw this since I've been born again is it, how it worked on my own children. You can tell sometimes when your kids come home that something got on them that day. I don't know if they were with the wrong friend. I don't know if the whole school was going nuts that day or whatever. You can just see it in their eyes. And you can simply walk up to them. And you don't even have to touch them sometimes. You just say, get off my kid in Jesus' name. And all at once, they're, oh, I feel real good now. Hey. Or if sickness and disease try to attack your kids. How many know the devil likes to attack kids because kids don't know what they're doing half the time? Well, you've got authority over your family and over your children and over the people in there. And you can use that authority in there and drive out the enemy with the power of God that's in your life life. All right, Luke chapter 10 again. Look at verse 19. This is a troubling scripture. Look, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And now notice this, and nothing shall by any means do what? Nothing. How much should hurt you? Nothing by any means should hurt you. That means you have a right to win every time. You have a right to prevail over the enemy every single time. You have been given the right to overcome all the works of darkness that come against you. But it's up to you whether you're going to walk in it and use your authority and power. You have been given authority, but you still must be the one to enforce that authority. Now look around, see how many Christians have been hurt by the devil. How many families have fell apart? How many marriages has fell apart? Did Jesus lie when he said, nothing shall by any means hurt you? Was he confused that day? 
No. Authority basically is what he used, and he knew what the Word of God said. And he said here, nothing by any means shall ever hurt you. So authority receives and will declare the promise. Your authority not only receives, but it will declare the promise. The dunamis power will enforce that promise. Authority declares the promise. The power of God in you enforces the promise. According to the Word of God, you have been given authority over all the power of the devil. The authority gives you the right to receive all power you need to overcome anything in your life, anything of the dark forces. What you do with that authority and power will determine the level of victory you live in in your life. God didn't just give you the badge. He also gave you the gun. The devil also here has a certain level of dunamis power. The madman from Gadara, remember they chained him up, he broke the chains, he cut himself, he felt no pain, he had some demonic power. But his power is no match for the power of God that you have in your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Your power is much greater than his. Some people get all nervous when there's a demonic manifestation. Why? If you've got so much more power than that, it's no problem. Just use your authority and power in that situation. All right, look at Mark chapter 16. There will never be a worldwide revival of any sustaining kind unless people start to understand their authority and power. A revival comes and everybody gets all excited and the Holy Ghost is moving and people are getting touched and they fall down they laugh. And it's a great time and it feels good and it's wonderful. But if you do not grow up in the things that you need to grow up into, that revival is never sustained. That's why we've had revivals that have gone for several months and all at once they fall apart. Why is that? People aren't interested in growing in the Lord. They're interested in getting touched by the Lord. And there's nothing wrong with a touch from the Lord, but that touch is, is an appetizer to make you want to go further. The touch of God is basically when you walk around the mall and you walk in the restaurant, that little Chinese restaurant's there, and a little fellow's out front with toothpicks and stuck in these little pieces of chicken, and you take one, what is that for? To get you to come in and eat at the restaurant. Well, the touch of God is to excite you, to stir you up, so you want more of God. You want more revelation. You want more from God. That's what it's for. It's not just to say, I got touched last night. Oh, I got touched. Well, I'm glad you got touched, but what did it do for you? How did it change you? What, if it didn't do anything, then you just had 10 great minutes. Congratulations, praise God. But now you've got to live the next day. So it's all part of God wanting to grow us up in the power and the anointing of God to understand how it works in our life. All right, Mark chapter 16. Look at verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. And they who were the disciples went forth, and they preached where? Everywhere. And the Lord did what? Worked with them and confirmed the authoritative word with what? Signs following. So what happened? They preached the authoritative word, and what happened? The power of God backed up the authority that they had. We are basically ambassadors of heaven. You have been granted delegated authority to conduct business in behalf of the kingdom of God. There is power to back up your authority. Here the Lord worked with them. Say with them. Now how many know he worked with the word that they were speaking? Notice he did not work for them. He worked with them. So what was Jesus saying? He says, go ahead, preach my word. There's power that you need to back up, enforcing power. And nothing by any means will ever do what? Hurt you. 
A lot of times people will get hurt when they step outside of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. The dunamis power of God or the anointing only operates when a believer is walking in the Spirit of God. Fear, doubt, unbelief will short-circuit your connection with God. You cannot live your life in worry, in fighting, in arguing, and walk according to the Spirit of God. Those who wander beyond the laws of God's Word make themselves available to the enemy. Simply my whole life is this. When a problem comes, what did God say about this problem? If a bill comes, what did God say about this bill I can't pay? Well, it says, my God meets my needs according to his riches and glory. Thank God, hallelujah. A symptom comes and I don't feel good and I go to bed and I think, what does God say about this? Oh, he's healed all my diseases. Praise God, so good to be healed. It's not what the devil said. It's not what the six o'clock news says. and not what the greatest pastor says. It's what God said about your situation or your circumstance. So before I say anything out of here, I mean, that's the first thing you want to do. No, I want, to, I want to quit quiet, wait, and find out what God said about my situation. And once I find that out, if I get in agreement with God, now I'm locked into where my authority is going to work. I'm locked into where my power is going to operate in that situation. Don't go to the other side and agree with what's coming against you. Don't talk fear. Don't talk doubt. Don't talk out unbelief. Don't go into unforgiveness. Well, I'll teach them a lesson. No, you're not teaching them a lesson. You're messing yourself up because it messes up the authority and power that you got. Smith Wigglesworth said one time, if you have to wait until you need the power to pray, then it's already too late. In other words, some people don't even spend time with God. They don't do anything. All once they get in a catastrophe, and how many know they become the most anointed, hungry person you've ever seen in your life when catastrophe hits you? Build now. Build your life now. Are things going to come your way? I guarantee it. They're going to come your way. You live in an earth realm where there's a messy situation, a lot of demonic spirits, a lot of people being influenced by them, but you've got to be prepared. As a matter of fact, as you start walking in your authority in the Holy Ghost, you're going to come to a place sooner or later where you fight your battles before your battles get there. You know what I mean by that? It means you, you, sometimes you feel on the inside of you that something's coming and you can't figure it out. It's just like a heaviness or a something else. That's the Holy Ghost saying, you better get on the ball because there's something coming down the road. Remember Jesus before he went to the cross? He just didn't wake up one day and go to the cross. He went to the garden and he prayed and drops of blood came out of him. What was he praying for? To prepare himself for what was coming down the road, which was the crucifixion that was coming. Because how many of you know if somebody comes up and say, you're going to be crucified today, I'm going to nail you and you're going to die. How many say, you say, not me, bless God. He had to prepare himself for what was coming. So try to stay prepared beforehand. Spend time in the Word. Take a little while and thank God for your healing, your health, your deliverance, your peace, your joy. Because you don't know what's going to come to try to steal it that day, but you're already prepared for it. Smith Spigglesworth always said one time too, he's never read the Bible for more than 15 minutes at a time. But he never went 15 minutes without reading the Bible. So what was he doing? He was constantly, just a little bit, just feeding that in there, a little bit. Leading it in there. I guess like we're supposed to eat a little bit at a time, and I don't like to do that. I just like to eat it all at one time, praise God, and, and do it. But that's the way it works in the Spirit. Glory to God. So hallelujah, your place of power and your place of prayer will coincide with each other. The power of God on the inside of you is fueled by your time in prayer with Him. It's a realm of fellowship and communion with the Spirit of God. Do not wait for trouble to come to try to fortify yourself with the word and prayer. A major key to not getting hurt is to continually be ready and walk in the Spirit of God daily. All right, go to 1 John chapter 2.
And as you step into leadership or you step into teaching other people or, or doing whatever, it's very important for you to stay in the spirit because even, even if you're not under attack, you're going to run into somebody who is being attacked and they're going to want you to come up with an answer. And if you're not in the spirit, you just make something up because you can't hear from God anyway and you're in a mess. So you've got to stay in the Holy Ghost all the time, not just for you, but for anyone around you who needs something. All right, 1 John chapter 2, look at verse 27. It says, but the anointing which we will get someday, but the anointing which we'll get when we finally die and go to heaven... No, but the anointing which you have received of him abides where? It's in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Here God has given you the anointing on the inside of you. You have the anointing in you. Does God give you teachers and pastors and ministers to train you up in the anointing? Yes. And the Holy Ghost will take what they're saying and teach you how to operate in it. Your walk with God requires authority of the Word of God and power of God. Your assurance of God's unchanging Word will create stability and direction in your life. In its absence, there is instability, there will be weakness, there will be confusion. Basically, you'll get into a place of lack of knowledge. This is why the devil seems to want to bring confusion into your life. Revelation that you get from the Word of God then demands obedience. Whatever you get from the Word of God and you get a revelation of that you're supposed to do, you better do it. You need to do it. There's times in my life where I was getting revelation left and right and left and right, and man, it was just pouring in. It didn't matter if I was going to the bathroom. God was talking to me. Then all once it stopped, and I wasn't getting anything. Then, of course, you go in a state of panic. You know, what did I do wrong? What happened? So finally I went to God, and God simply said, you did not do the last thing I told you to do. When you do that, then I will give you more. Until then, you came. So I had to go back, find out what I was told to do that I wasn't doing, start doing that. And as soon as I did, revelation started coming again. Why should he give you more revelation? See, there's no point to give you more when you're not even walking in what, what you're supposed to be walking in now. So whatever you get a revelation of, and you know revelation, you're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden, oh, 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 I never saw that before. My God, was that always in there? Is this a different kind of Bible or something? And all at once it spoke to you, God's saying, do this. And you look at it and say, boy, that'd be good for my husband. I want to mark that down. I want to give him that. I want to make sure he gets that scripture. No, 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 no. No, he's talking to you. Hallelujah. What for? It's a revelation to further your power, to further your authority, to further your anointing. So revelation is a key in the Word of God. The more revelation you get, the more power you'll find coming out of the inside of you, and the more you'll speak with an authoritative word. If you keep your mind and your mouth in line with God's Word, you will live in victory 24-7. Those who walk and talk and think on the Word of God will not stray from their course. Success is guaranteed if you abide in the power of God. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 4. All right, now you understand authority, authority, a clear-cut word, a clear-cut word, you're in line with God, this is God's will, this is what I'm proclaiming, this is what I'm stating, this is what I'm trying to change. So now in Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse 16. This is why you can come, therefore boldly to the throne of grace that we may what? Try to get, hope to get, maybe it'll happen. No, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of what? In a time of need is all the time. 
But notice, you can come boldly. You're not begging God. You're not manipulating God. You're not trying to get God to do something for you. You now found out that you are God's representative, and his will needs to be done on this earth, and he needs an ambassador to come down here and force his will in this situation, and I'm the one that's going to do it, so I'm coming to obtain, praise God, that boldness with him, and I'm going to release it, and I expect the power of God to flow out of the inside of me. So the life of authority, faith, and power will please God in your life. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that do what? Diligence. Notice the word diligently there. Diligently seek him. There is a reward. The word actually there is a result. There is a result of seeking God or seeking God's word. A person who diligently seeks God's word will sooner or later find his word. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. He will start to diligently speak the word and operate in the delegated authority that's on the inside of him. Authority says, devil, take your hands off my money. Devil, I will not fear. Devil, I am healed. Devil, my needs are met according to his riches in glory. The platform of exousia or authority will net a dunamis power miracle in your life all the time. It will keep supernatural ability operating in your life. When you combine your authority, which is the declaration of the promise of the spoken word, with his power, which is the anointing on the inside of you, it will produce a manifestation of the promise of God in your life. This life pleases not only God, as it says here, but it also pleases you. Your life is lived in the kingdom with authority and power. Declare the word of God. Don't be afraid to declare something in your future. Don't be afraid to declare a church on fire. Don't be afraid to declare people touched by the power of God as the word of God goes forth. Don't be afraid to declare total healing for every member of your family and every friend. Don't, don't be afraid to declare salvation for your aunts and your uncles and those who are stuck in different things that doesn't have anything to do with God. Declare those things. It makes a difference in your life. Once that spoken word is in the atmosphere, the devil cannot get it out of the atmosphere. But then be cautious that you're not declaring things that you don't want either or things that you have that you don't want to change. The way you change what you have is by declaring God's promise rather than speaking what you have in the natural realm. Authority and power will change your situations and they will change your life. Hallelujah. If you got anything out of that, yell amen. amen. All right, praise God. the king.